I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Don't be surprised if I ask what a bag is. Welcome to another episode of the Gold Diggers podcast. I'm your host today, Beatrice, and I'm joined to my left by Lauren. Um, team at teens underscore GH. Minon. <laughs> shy and shy Marva at Marva MSK. All right, let's let's go to Stamford Bridge. You know where all the drama happened today. Lauren, <laughs> tell me like what were the highlights of that game? Um, to leave there with a point after the performance we put in, very pleased, very, very pleased. Uh, yeah, we didn't play well, um, but I think we were lucky that Chelsea are not clinical yet without their striker. So <laughs> we managed to stay in the game. And, and I, for me, it's, it's a point gained uh, to, to equalise in the last minute. Then. I see Tima adjusting his sleeves. <laughs> He's loading already. <laughs> She's loading up. What's going on over there? I just... I don't think it's about us not being clinical. It's about the referee being an absolute wanker. <laughs> so what are you saying? You were clinical. I think we played well enough to win the game. They shouldn't have scored. Even Neither of those goals should have been a goal. Um, the refereeing performance was absolutely shocking. Like, really shocking. And this isn't the first time Anthony Taylor has done this uh, for Chelsea. It's not the first time he's done it against Tottenham. I never want to see that bold-headed... <laughs> piece of shit referee for my team ever again. Tell us how you really feel, Timo. <laughs> I thought his referee performance was beautiful. So what, you're saying there's no flaws in that performance? Surely there's... We dominated them from okay. from top to bottom. And only scored one goal by half-time. We were in the game. Because, because you didn't score enough goals, we were always in the game. Disrespectfully, I hope your team burns to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I have no respect for Tottenham as a team. Come to Stamford Bridge, like you're celebrating like as if you won the league. This is why Tottenham don't deserve nice things. Like, what's his name? Your new sign-in. Basuma. Basuma was going to the fans as if like he's just won the Champions League. It's embarrassing. Can I not celebrate? No. no. Last minute goal. We've won if, one if game since the London Derby. Yeah. Surely. No. In 30 years, you we've won in... once on that ground. We and take just, a point in the last minute. Won, and you still haven't won. So why are you going to the fans with, with like, with, you know what? Like, as I said, disrespectfully, I hope your team burns to the ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good start. So, yeah. Is that have you got everything off your chest? No, or is I there more? Okay, go on. As well, man. In his week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think it was Conte that that started the um, you know, kerfuffle mm. at the end. They want to fight. They want to tussle. <laughs> it's literally that. You couldn't back it, man. He, he he's. I, I, yeah, I, I don't I, think that was on Conte though. Yeah, I think obviously the the equalizer when he he celebrated. I think that obviously started off things. Apparently, he did something to Kovacic in the tunnel as well. So I think there's things probably happening behind the scene that we don't see. And having had Conte as my manager before, I know he's definitely the masters of the dark art. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of that was true. Okay, yeah, but, but Tuchel about... could still keep his composure, though. No. Exactly. Wasn't he running running down the halfway line? Yeah, fuck s- s- Celebrating. <laughs> he could have got a second yellow for that nah, alone. Him, so, yeah, I think it's... It's a, it's a derby. I think more, more so than anything, yeah. nobody wants to lose that game. Yeah, um, and Nancy Taylor ensured that you didn't, so... <laughs> Passions were heightened. Managers, you know, were rightfully passionate, as they should be. I don't think there was anything wrong with, with that, per se, but... Too cool at the end, the way he grabbed Conte's arm. He's a small man. We all saw, like, it looked crazy. Okay. Oh. <laughs> all right. They both got red cards in the end. What does that mean for Chelsea? <laughs> it means he got a red card, but I don't. But the thing, and he won't be on the touchline for one or two games, yet Anthony Taylor will continue with his refereeing career. I want to see a P45 9 a.m. sharp. How it, he is apparently going to the World Cup representing England as a referee. He is shocking. His team is shocking. Yeah. VAR is shocking. How I just don't understand. Honestly, I don't understand any of the decisions. I don't understand how Tottenham players have not one of them got a yellow card. I don't understand how they let they um, scored both their their goals, and I don't understand how they finished with eleven men. So who should have been red carded? The guy who put, nearly pulled the wig off Romero. Um, <laughs> Romero. <laughs> <laughs> he, how is that not a red card? I don't understand. Does everyone else think that was a red card? Yeah, violent conduct being forced on the player. That's actually assault. Even even I can agree. It was a red card, but at the end of the day, the, the Anthony Taylor doesn't give anything. VAR looks at it. What can okay, we do? Cool. When when you have a refereeing decision this 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 um this season, which you will a shocking one, I'm gonna be like. He doesn't give it, like, move on. <laughs> like, you don't... If, if, the, if that was the other way around, you'd also be here as pissed off as I am. I think it's shocking that Tottenham walks away from that game with no bookings. I think um, watching Tuchel's post-match, he had every right to feel aggrieved that Tottenham were getting away with tactical fouls all over the pitch. Reece James committed one, and I was watching because I needed the points for my FPL. <laughs> he got booked. <laughs> Benton Core, Romero, they were flying all over the place for 90 minutes, all they got was warning after warning after warning. So I think if I'm a Chelsea fan after today's game, I'm pissed off. I think when, when you're refereeing and it's, it's a derby, they, they do tend to let some things go just because they know it's a passionate yeah, game. Yeah, but then you can't let it go for one team and not mm, let it go true. for the other team. Then Rhys James shouldn't have got a, a yellow card. That's true. But consistency in, in, in the Premier League, well, yeah. it's never been consistent. Yeah. So... But I, 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 if I was a Chelsea fan, I would also be more disappointed that it's got to half time. You were all over us in that first half, and you've only scored one goal. It, you, the same as last week watching Chelsea. If if you only score one goal and you're not clinical, or you, or you get another one, you always leave your position 
with a chance of getting back the into the game. The opposition and the referee. It's not just it's not just opposite. It's, it's twelve men. We're, we're against. No, but she's men. saying that if your strikers did their job or your attackers did their job, Havertz. It wouldn't have mattered. That Havertz. Havertz. What do you think of that Havertz? Yeah. Yeah. Havertz. I think if the referee had standards, Chelsea win that two 0 I think the refereeing performance was more shocking than our strikers or whatever not scoring, because realistically, this is the, this is the truth. Chelsea showed Tottenham levels today. Tottenham stunk, absolutely stunk. And if it wasn't for the referee, Tottenham, Tottenham would have been completely embarrassed. Like you guys, would two 0 would have been embarrassed? It, it would not have been embarrassing. Not, it, you didn't score enough goals embarrassing. to make it an embarrassing. Embarrassing. I don't like the thing where you guys think embarrassing is just scorelines. You got dominated. It reminded me of the time we sat here last season and City had just come to the bridge mm. and they dominated Chelsea for 90 minutes, but they walked away with 1-0 and everyone's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. No, it was terrible. No, but yeah, sometimes... But you don't get points you, for if, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're going to dominate, then you the scoreline needs to reflect that, no, the fact that you're that. dominating the game. I don't think that's true. Tottenham are lucky. Because then it, it, it looks like, okay, you dominated, you caught, you had all that possession, all of that, but you didn't really score with it. Sometimes and then it's, it's always going to be a risk you that you're going to... Exactly, then you... That's yeah, not... Then you risk that you're a point. Tottenham would have got embarrassed. Because it, it's not even just the scoreline, it's the, it's the manner of the, the performance. I, I'm sorry, I think Tottenham have got a lot of work to do. I think we have work to do, but none, of our, none, of, our new, none of our new signings started and that game. And what does that say about your new signings? What, what, that what they're, they're adapting to, to Conte, who's one of the hardest taskmasters in the Premier League? That's what about adapting. He obviously doesn't think... Looking at that performance, are you telling me your new signings, not one of them is better than what was on the pitch for however many minutes? No, no, no you're making I, assumptions that yeah. we don't know why they didn't start. It could they, be fitness. Be, yeah, match, naturally fitness. think that they would be good enough to beat Chelsea. And then he put out that team and they got embarrassed by, by, by Chelsea. I, I don't think that's it. When we went to Korea on the preseason tour, the players were throwing up on the pitch. You cannot, come, you, cannot, you cannot come <laughs> into a Conte <laughs> team and a Conte system <laughs> and not be able to play at that okay, intensity. Can you explain to us, yeah? Bissouma was Why? injured in the last preseason oh, game. he was injured. Okay, but it's been a week. So, if he's fit enough to be on the bench, he's fit enough to play. Because if one of your, your, your players went down with injury, Bissouma would have had to come on. So... In a team where Chelsea absolutely dominated that midfield, why is your best midfielder sitting on the bench? Tactically, I didn't think we were. Tactically, I didn't think we sat well. We had two in midfield: Chelsea with Loftus Cheek playing the inverted wing back in possession. You had four Mount dropping back. There was four in midfield. We were outnumbered. Tactically, I didn't think we set up well in the first half. Equally, I think we will improve. That was Chelsea's current best team. That was not Spurs' best team. That's actually not true. Who would you have Kovacic played? Was Kovacic was missing. Okay, one player. It's not one player. Like he's a world class player. Like, so it's the, the same for Bissouma. Would have been a different <laughs> game. <laughs> it, would different, it would have been a different game if Bissouma had started. But he could have started. Like Kovacic was injured. But we was don't it, know the, the ins and outs of their fitness. Like if he was injured before, then it's like Bissouma picked up a hamstring injury. Yeah, in if, the last if, if he had started in a like derby where and against a midfield free who played very well and pulled something, then we'd be sat here criticizing Conte exactly. for starting him. You guys are yeah. because... Okay, so no worries, Timo. Or revisit it next weekend. I hope Basuma starts. Mm, I, 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 hope he, I hope he starts I too. I hope Basuma starts. I hope all of their new signings start. Because I'm what this the, the English media has gassed Tottenham fans to think that they are the, the best team in London because they signed six players. Who said that? So, no, trust Before the game, 
Graham Sooner said if he had a child. Are we listening he, to Graham Sooner? Exactly. What? He's got shit to talk about that pop Yeah, but I'm making a point about media. He said if he was to sign for if it was a choice between Chelsea currently or Tottenham, he said he would sign for Tottenham. So yes, the media do gas gas Tottenham. Not one of those signings that Tottenham have made is world class. Not one of those signings really I don't do any of them get into the other than um Asuma, do any of them get into any of the other top six sixteens? Perisic? No. To where? You you are not saying none of you agree that Perisic is not a world class wing back. Above who? Above which other top six? Personally, I don't. Personally, he's I don't 59 think. Fifty-nine years old. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> Conte. Conte is not. Conte is. Conte went and took Ashley Young and Alexis Sanchez to go and win the league with Inter Milan. He converted Victor Moses to a wing back. Conte is not here so for his world he? class signings. No, so he's here for his signings that will play his system. Who is he converting at Tottenham to win you guys the Premier League this season? Thank you very much. Who, who is he converting? Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're, we're, we're... Who said they're supposed to go win the Premier League this season? The way that the, the English... You're not listening to Timo. Yeah. The English media have hyped Tottenham up to be in a title race with Manchester City. Have they? As the Arsenal and Chelsea fans, you're I hearing know. a different version of no, what the media is. The only thing that I've seen is that Tottenham have the best front three. Front That's three. what I've Where seen. Where was that front three today? What the one of them scored the equaliser in the last minute from a corner? Where was he? Where was he for the in the minutes? position that he the needed to be? The best striker in the world, according to Tottenham fans. What what trouble did he give Koulibaly or or, or um, Thiago Silva today? I, I've already said we did not play well today. Son disappearing act, and don't get me started on that ginger guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so do you disagree that they have the best front three? They don't even have the best front three in the league. Who has the best front three then? Who has the best front three? Yeah. <laughs> I will go City, Liverpool, then Spurs. You'll I see disagree. at the end of the season. I do you think, do you think, do you think Spurs' front three is better than Arsenal's? Given the last two so. weeks? Yes. Yeah. No, but... Okay, Timo, who do you think has the best front three? That's I three. do not care at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hot, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Spurs are top two, at least. Uh, I think City... Oh, now you want to no. answer the question. Yeah, yeah. City, <laughs> Liverpool... Then Tottenham, I think. Why is everyone saying Liverpool? Because, because Liverpool got yeah. bagsmen. As much as they yeah. might not be aesthetically pleasing footballers, you can bet your house that Nunes, Salah, and Jota will bring you goals. So or if Harry Kane, Son, and yeah, but Kulusevski is not better than any of them. And then Kane, yeah, and then Son, Son, Salah. I'm taking Salah. Because it's not just about no, the front it's... three; it's about what they do. So collectively, Kane, as in Kane, <laughs> as in Kane and and Son score just to score for sake. City and Liverpool huh? score, score, score to win trophies. And yes, that does count. Sorry, if, if the conversation <laughs> is about who is the best front three, <laughs> goal involvements in 2022, top five, Kane, Son and Kulusevski are all there. They, what, and what do they win with that? Uh, that wasn't the question. The question is... Uh, for me, it counts. For me, it counts. Like, if you're going to be the best front three... <laughs> okay, but Liverpool's win. front three haven't... What do they win? Yeah, not yet. Carabao yeah. Cup and yeah. FA Cup. Well, not with all three of them. Not this season. We haven't yeah, we haven't we got haven't there this season, season yet. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah. well, she just said all of 2022, so why can't we bring up last season? But your fr- the front three, Mane, I know he's in Bayern Munich. It's yeah. not the same front the, three. The, the one, it's not the same the, one. Yeah, Mane is gone. So it's okay, insane. and I'm saying this. Liverpool will outscore Tottenham again this season. Mm. I don't I don't I don't disagree. I think they will. I don't think Spurs are in a title race. I really don't think they are. And Do I don't think, think they're the best front three in the in the league. 
I would say yes because I'm biased as as a, as a fan. Yes. Do you know what? It's first got. I might as well put Chelsea's in there as well because apparently. Shut up! Oh, come on now! Come on now! Come on now! You don't have the worst. This is making bad takes. I'm putting Chelsea's front three. Do they have the worst? Yes, they do. Is United included in this top? Thank you very much. I I would take United's front three over yours. You haven't scored a goal this season. What are the Chelsea hey, goals? Hey, hey, we fine. scored one. But we scored Chelsea's one. Yeah. <laughs> we scored one goal. What are the front three? What, what is Havertz? Havertz, uh, Mount, Mount and Sterling. Sterling starts for Manchester United. So does Mason Mount. No, no he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. No, yeah. I, I would have taken. I would, who, who, who is he benching? Sterling is yeah. benching Rashford. No, no, Sterling, Sterling, Sterling is Mount, benching Rashford. Is Mount be- benching Sancho? Yeah. I personally do not. I don't think so. But that's just my personal preference in terms of how United play. Obviously, when you look at the England well, squad, you when, you look at, when you look at the England squad, Mount gets in over Sancho at the moment. But and San- we'll be getting in over him at Qatar mm. as well. I'm not debating that. I'm not debating that. But I'm saying for my personal preference, I would not take Mount in, in, in the United team. As far as I'm concerned, right now, Mason Mount offers more goals than Jaden Sancho. Mm. At the moment, yeah. Manchester At the moment, neither of them are offering goals. Manchester United are begging. I thought for Mount played quite well today. <laughs> if Mount comes to your team, he's starting. Like, let's be honest. Whatever he wants to start as well. If he wants to play eight, he can play eight. Wait, if so he's how many goals did these three have last season? Mason Mount. Mason Mount has like quite. He had twenty nine, I think. Goals no, just six. in the Premier League. Ten? Know. Did you get double figures? The, oh, <laughs> you got your fancy no, iPad. <laughs> I don't think any of them have more than ten individually. Mount had more than ten. I think he had more than ten. Because okay. he had more than ESR. I remember that. Havertz definitely didn't. Havertz had, had eight. fourteen goals. Yeah, eight, eight in the Premier League. Eight goals. What are you? Sancho other than two. Gordon, who, who else are you trying to bring in? Are you trying to bring any of the front three? Uh, uh Bamiang. Oh, yeah. Abamo who? I think he could actually do well for Chelsea. I think he'd do good yeah. at Chelsea. I don't know if he'll come because of, you know, his allegiance to Arsenal, but... I don't think he has I don't, I don't think, yeah. No, after watching All or Nothing. Not, not after Teta. No. He, got, he got them tattooed on his body. I think he loves, I think he loves Arsenal, yeah, i.e. the fans. The fans, yeah. But as far as... I don't I'm think it would goes, stop him going to Chelsea. I don't think it would stop him going to Chelsea. And if Chelsea are in the window for Aubameyang, then as far as I'm concerned, he didn't want to leave Arsenal. Mm. He was His hands were tied. He made a decision that was best for him. And best for the club since Arteta wanted to get rid. And if Chelsea gonna pay Barcelona the money, let me say this: if Chelsea get money for Aubameyang, me and Edu Gaspar need to have words. That's. But if he goes to Chelsea, I think he'll do well. I think he'll do well. Do you think so? Mm. In the in the way that you play, because not many strikers have been to your club and been successful. Funny, that's funny that you're coming for Chelsea. And you're I'm coming, not coming. I'm, it's you're just coming observation. It's, it's true. It's the when, was the last, when was the last Chelsea striker that performed well? Diego a, Costa? Your club is a disgrace, but you're This is about... The thing She's is, the host. She's being neutral today, yeah. <laughs> even whatever you say about United, I won't disagree with you. I agree with you. So, back to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> is you acting this way because I'm not seeing this season? Is this the way you're acting? Answer the question, girl. Answer the question. The question was, um, given that no strikers have has been successful at your club in recent so years. Last season, people accused me of having a uh, sticking up for Lukaku, and I kept you saying, did. I kept saying that's a nuanced argument that Lukaku isn't the problem; that all of Chelsea's attack- attackers are an issue. I think Lukaku didn't help himself, so I admit Chelsea's attack isn't great, and I think that. Ba- but I think Aubameyang would do well because I think if you look at someone like Sterling, he is streets ahead of any other attacker in Chelsea's squad. So when you're adding 
um, quality, and then I think Aubameyang is still a very good player, and he has the ability to score, I do think he would do well, because he is going to be surrounded by better players. You understand? Okay, that's valid. That's valid. I won't disagree with you on that one. Anyone else have any opinions on that? To be honest, watching today, I was like, I know Lukaku didn't do too well, but there were times where I was like, they could really do with a Lukaku-style player right now, just because, obviously, Tottenham sort of overloaded the box as well, and there were just times where it was like, they were tr- like Loftus-Cheek was trying to dribble through players, and there were too many players in the box, and if they just had that target man, because Reese James's delivery, like we saw for that Havertz chance, is very good, um, Cucurella's as well, so... If they had that target man in the middle, now, like Tim is saying, that they have Sterling, that hopefully if they do connect to that bit better, I think having a target man would have actually really benefited them, especially against like low-block teams like Spurs. Yeah, Lloris didn't have that much to do, considering yeah. how well Chelsea so, actually played. So p- picking out the ball out of the back, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Twice. He didn't, he, didn't have the, he didn't have that much to do. <laughs> this is why we said earlier that domination is not everything. <laughs> It's true. Right. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I think Tima's done talking about Chelsea. Um, She'll never be done talking about <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Tima can go for years. I think the last thing I will say is, uh, and, I, and this is me just being honest, I do think Chelsea, sh- sh- basically, I, I think Chelsea showed Tottenham that we ain't the same clubs. And I think that if this is Chelsea without a striker doing this to Tottenham team. I hope Chelsea continue to play you this way. You do have a striker. No, but like a proper striker. Okay. I hope Chelsea continue to, to play this way because I didn't personally think Chelsea were going to finish third. But after seeing that and seeing Tottenham, even if Tottenham improve whatever, I still think Chelsea get third now because I think there, there are levels to this, to, to this game and I can't see Tottenham I can't see Tottenham matching that. I think that Tottenham, Chelsea and Arsenal will be close I can't actually believe I'm actually going to say this, but for me, Chelsea and Arsenal finish on top four. So, so you're saying Arsenal currently are better than the Tottenham squad? I think that Arsenal have the the juice to go further this year. Um, but what's that based on? I think it's based on the fact they've got a proper striker. It's based on the fact that the team... So, do we not have Harry Kane? <laughs> I don't care. No, no I'm talking about, she's asking me about Arsenal. So I'm going to talk about Arsenal. If you want me to talk about Tottenham, I'm, I'm very happy to <laughs> readdress Tottenham. But I think, in comparison to Tottenham, I just think Arsenal have a proper striker. They look hungry. They've added quality to their squad. Like, for example, I can see the Jesus signing is so significant to Arsenal because I think Jesus could have come to Chelsea and I would have been happy. He was a fax machine away from going to Real Madrid. Or a passport issue away from going to Real Madrid. One of the two. So for me, what Arsenal lacked that goal threat at the end of last season, they now have that. If he is fit for the whole season, Arsenal are gonna Arsenal are gonna be. I think as well. If you look at it right, we finished a point or two points behind Tottenham without a striker last season, and I don't care what any Tottenham fan wants to say to me. They don't have a better squad than Arsenal. They have two world class players in Kane and Son. And that is it. If you look at the rest of their team, it is shockingly shit. But I think it was 
I'm not even trying to defend Tottenham, but I think it was quite impressive that they ended up top four considering how they started. The exactly, season. Conte wasn't even our mean, manager at the beginning of the season. Considering how they started the season, Arsenal were rock. We sat in twentieth with a minus nine goal difference. Who started the season worse? Yeah, than but us? that's free games. Nobody. It was that's free, free games. Conte didn't that. Conte didn't. Did Conte didn't start the season? He had two signings in January. I don't care whether he started or not. Harry Kane and Hungman Son, along with the signing of Kulisewski, is the reason why Spurs got top four. The and rest Conte, of their, their midfield... Cool, the man in the wig. We don't care. <laughs> their midfield is shit. And their defence, apart from Romero, everyone else there, question marks, question marks, question marks. Eric Dyer is not a defender. What's that guy's name? Ryan Sessegnon is shit. Hugo Lloris has passed it. And what, what's the guy that scored against Chelsea today? The Arsenal fan that came from... Who did you buy from oh, Wolves again? Back. Is it Hoy- Hoyberg? Oh, Hoyberg. that one. That's Southampton one. Who, who played? Who is it? Davies. That one. The one yeah. guy. He played but today. Like, all those things. They exactly. still came and, and, Yes, they came forward. And have improved. And we have improved. We're missing. We've Listen, improved. if Arsenal had a striker last season, like Jesus, Tottenham don't beat so us. So you both top improved. Exactly. No, you both think, improved. I think they improved. As I said, I think the quality of signings that Arsenal made versus the quality of signings Tottenham made I don't think they're on the same level. Well, Zinche- no, Zinchenko and, and Jesus, those and are the two are, signings. Zinchenko starts for Tottenham. And they are better than the signings that, that Tottenham made. But overall, Tottenham's squad have improved. So therefore, we can expect no, to see... because I think... I think... They, it, they I agree with Shai. I mean, and you know how I hate Arsenal. I do have an Arsenal agenda. If I can see that Arsenal can finish in the top four... I'm excited. We just have to wait and see because the impact impact of European football will have a big impact on on the the running at the end of the season. But then if we we, we come out of the competition, then we'll be playing once a week. Team is on one, doesn't it? In my opinion, I just it's personal. Spurs, I think they get, as I said, I think they got overhyped at the beginning of the season. I think Conte. You're going to see what it's like to have Antonio Conte as a manager. And I don't think he's going to end very well. It won't, I'm excited. It won't, he's, he's but made he's still a, the it, best manager that they've had. Exactly. They said the same thing about Jose. Listen, says, uh, anyone that said that was bluff because we saw him at United. They were, they were the best manager they, one of the best managers they've had. He is the yeah, best, ma- he's the best manager we've had, but he wasn't yeah, bad. Conte, Conte, Conte is far better. And we've actually, for the first time, backed a manager. We've made the changes yeah. that we want. We've gone and got out his signings. you're going to have to back him again in January. You're going to have to back him again in summer. Yeah, have you not seen the one billion pound stadium? We're going to back him. We are generating money now into the club. Just remember, Daniel Levy is that guy there. He's not going to continue backing. Anyway, let's move on because I don't want to talk about Tottenham. <laughs> After 20 right. minutes of talking about Tottenham. We're moving on to the misery that is United's team I said team sorry. Mina, just talk <laughs> us through that game and everything disgraceful that happened. What can I say? I, I actually don't have much to say on the game, so I'm happy to hear what everyone else has to say. We, were, we, were, we lined up not great. You know, Brentford, I came into this not that optimistic if like on the uh, midweek episode that I did, I said I wasn't that optimistic. We might have lost 1-0. I did not expect to be 4-0 down 35 minutes into the game. If you start from like the main problems watching the game, specifically the first half, because that's where most of the issues came from. Mm-hmm. I think the first goal was ridiculous. A lot of people, including myself, we've I've slated De Gea for the mistake that he made. But even if you watch the build-up to the shot, the fact that we got dispossessed in our fir- in our in our own third, and then it, it was a throw on to Ronaldo. Ronaldo got doubled up. Brentford's tactics. I think a lot of people are focusing on us losing, but Brentford came into that game 
tactical mm. and I have to commend like the, the coach the, the team because they know that United fumble at, at any sight of pressing when we have the ball if we're pressed we crumble like a bunch of cookies and they did that to Ronaldo he he got dispossessed and and um it led to a goal um the second chance uh, I think his name was Jensen um for Brentford yeah, yeah, yeah. he was literally stuck to Ericsson like glue but not just him every Brentford player was man marking their player during the press they were literally pressing but all I say three out of four goals we conceded if we had a competent goalkeeper that could make the best decisions I think maybe like the first goal is is a mistake in it that that happens it's, it's kind of like he went for the wrong way to save save the ball it happens too often no but to he him. tried the thing is he tried to scoop it when he's saving it when he shouldn't have um, and, and that's something I'm not going to criticize too much. But that second goal that we conceded, where he pu- he looked up and passed it to Ericsson when mm-hmm. he could see Ericsson was being pressed. I don't know if it's because our kit blended in with the grass. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but that is the worst decision to make. Mm-hmm. And if you watched Eric Ten Hag's um, interview after the game, he said that he knew that Brentford were going to come into this pressing us. So he advised them to utilize the space upfield and just kick it upfield. So he said. At that point, if my players can't do that, then that's where the problem lies. And I think that's where the problem lies. I think last season we had the worst performing squad ever. And we went into the Brentford game. Nine of those players from that squad were in the starting eleven. That's where a problem comes from. Mm-hmm. If David De Gea is conceding, what, 92, 92 goals in like 63 games? Mm-hmm. That's that's ridiculous. I don't even see that in Pauli. That's the relegation goal. I don't even see that in <laughs> Yeah, is it, that, that's crazy. And and then, like, obviously, I feel bad for, for Martinez. Um, he gets scrutinised a lot for his height. He's, he's five foot nine. He's a little baddie. Bad. He's a little baddie. But <laughs> I feel bad for him because he's come in. He's one of the new players that Eric Ten Hag has purposely picked out from Europe to purchase. And he's going to get criticised. But when you're next to Maguire, who for the third goal, I think it's the third or the fourth goal, the counter-attack goal, where it was, again, Jensen picked the ball off um, Sancho mm-hmm. in his own box looked up Ivan Tony made a run goal, that's the fourth yeah. goal Ivan Tony made a run and Ericsson is telling Maguire, like how is a, how is Ericsson telling the defender the captain where to go that's ridiculous yeah. the, the players are not competent enough to make decisions that they should be making as professional footballers and there's so many players in that team that should get rid of like if they were in that squad last last season I'm sorry to be harsh but some of them they should not be there Maguire should not be captain in this squad and it's sad because you even look at the team and when you're one nil down or you're two nil down in 20-25 minutes you need a player that's going to uplift the squad but I don't look at anyone in that team and think there's a leader in those 11 men and Ten Hag was just, my guy was literally sweating from up here. He was literally <laughs> sweating from up here in, in, in when, we, when we went 3-0 down. And, and I feel bad, obviously, but we can talk about the game as much as we want. Credit to Brentford because they played phenomenal. Phenomenal. They came out tactical. Martinez is going to get a lot of scrutiny because of his height, but most of the goals, he, he did the best he could. I think the only criticism I had for him was the Ben Mee goal. But even in that instance, the ball came into the back post. Ivan Tony out-jumped Diogo Dalot. Listen, Dalot got embarrassed in the Champions League last season. Why is he still in the starting lineup? Why is he still playing? Wan-Bissaka, I get it. He's not any better. Yeah, but Diogo Dalot is only there because of his Portuguese nationality. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, since he's come, suddenly Dalot's playing a lot. 
No one's asking questions. It's the Portuguese mafia, him, Bruno, and, and Ronaldo. It's the Portuguese mafia. No one's asking any questions. So questions have to be asked why so many of these players, and I don't know what's happened. Sorry, I know this is a rant at this point, but no, we love it. We since we going. lost in the Europa League final, yeah, it's like we've Amen. been unable to lift our head up and just bounce back. Like, I don't know mentality what's happening with this squad. They complained about Ragnik. They complained about Oli. They... I wouldn't be surprised soon if they start complaining about Ten Hag. Questions need to be asked about the squad that we have, the players that we have, not only that, but the recruitment. Ooh, Questions have to be asked about the owners. The owners are sitting in America nine hours behind us. They're sleeping when we're playing at 5.30. When we're playing 5.30 kickoffs in the UK, they're sleeping. They're not even awake. The owners do not care about this squad. If for them, it's a revenue generating thing. It's a business. It's a business model. Let's be honest. United is a business model. The Glazers, they brought the club with debt continue to increase the debt in the club they brought the club and tell me why 17 years later there's still about 570 million pound debt allocated to manchester united on top of not even including the interest they don't invest any of their own money into the club to purchase players so when we're buying players in the transfer window is all through revenue that we generate in 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 the season i guess that's why ronaldo came in he brought in merchandise sales i can't imagine how many shirts they sold that said Ronaldo on the back, that was a business move. They put in accountants, ex-bankers, whatever, as the directors of, of the club. Their sole purpose is to generate revenue for the club. Even like bringing back in ex-players, even doesn't even make sense. You know what, that's that's what I'm saying. And it, and it all started, like the issues that we saw on the pitch yesterday, a lot of it is the players, but it's also from the top. Everything trickles down mm. from the ownership. Like you look at, you know, City, you look at Chelsea's new ownership, you look at Tottenham, you look at Arsenal, they are using their own money to fund transfers. Mm. But we we are, I'm, I'm not too sure about Arsenal, maybe I'm no, speaking no, no. a Arsenal bit. Arsenal use their but, revenue. Um, they're, they're using revenue, fair enough. But even City, all right, all your money. Chelsea's new owners investing in the club. What they need is, like, we need investment from there, it trickles down recruitment. You're questioning, like, I'm questioning the recruitment. Like, Jose Mourinho finished second and then he got Fred as a, as a reward from Shakhtar Donetsk. <laughs> How you haven't bought a new centre mid? Mm. Listen, yeah, you start it's even worse than that. We don't actually have a defensive midfielder. We don't have a DM. And, and, and for example, yes, Ericsson yesterday's game, yesterday. Ericsson, the poor guy, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a, what's it called in his heart? And he's <laughs> playing a pacemaker and he's playing as our deepest lying midfielder. Do you know? In 35 I, degree heat In as well. 35 <laughs> degree heat. I'm surprised that he never melted into the pitch. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm not even being funny here, but it's, it's horrible. Carrick retired how long ago? We still ain't replaced mm -hmm. him. He became an assistant manager. He retired, became an assistant manager, became our caretaker manager, left us, and we're still in the same issue. Mm -hmm. We still haven't replaced. And you look at all the other mid-table, I can't even say that we're top six, because right now we're basically a lower, lower, lower table. We're in the lower half of the table. You look at, you know, our rivals like Fulham. Fair, you look at our rivals <laughs> like Aston Villa, <laughs> and they signed DMs that we could have signed. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Babacar Kamara that went to Aston Villa on a free from Marseille. Paulinho went to Fulham for 20 million. There's so many players out there that we could have bought defensive midfielders, holding midfielders that we could have bought. And then we go and target Rabio, the same guy who his mum is causing havoc in the French <laughs> national team. It don't make sense. All in all, yeah, it's not looking good. Can I just say, go on. I'm so happy. Like this brings me joy. United fans in pain every day brings me nothing. But no, but the thing is, we're not in pain. No, you guys are in pain. We're not. You're in pain. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm in pain. Me, I've really separated. My mental is just... I, 
I just don't have the You energy. have to close off the trauma. Yesterday, when the, the match was going on, I was, party, I was at a day party. This is, I don't care. <laughs> like, this club. Can you do a show every time there's a goal going on? I wasn't even looking. I just looked at my phone. I saw 4-0. I said, you know But what? even speaking on the game yesterday, right, I think Ten Hag needs to go back to basics before he tries to implement his philosophy. Mm. He needs to go back to free at the back. Since, since the free at the back tax weighs so heavy and that's how you end up looking like a good defence. Free at the back, Arteta done it when he was came that, in. Was that a straight? <laughs> no, it wasn't a straight. I okay. was just saying what people were saying. Is that not what they were saying, Timo? Cindy, you just relax a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Arteta done it when he came in. Tuchel done it when he came in. You just make Manchester United hard to beat. If the football is boring, mm. if you're winning games 1-0, this, that and the third, you need to boost the confidence. Once you've boosted the confidence and you've got somewhere... Then you start to implement maybe your philosophy and whoever doesn't fit that philosophy, that's when you see who you ship and who you keep. Coming in, trying to get David De Gea to play out the back in 2022, I don't understand. It reminds me of when Tima's club sent their agent in Petacek to Arsenal and he was playing out the back under Una Emery. Everything was scary. Teams would press us, they would go high because they knew Czech did not have the capability to, to really... He wasn't agent, by the way. I know we've had a few. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He doesn't have it in him to relieve that pressure, like Ramsdale does, or like Edison does, or like we've seen Allison do, or even in certain instances for Chelsea, we've seen Mendy do it. David de Gea is not that guy. And what brings me even more joy, Dean Henderson had a fantastic <laughs> game today, and United suffered. Amazing. Is there anything else we'd like to say at this point? Long may it continue. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so do we think that Ten Hag has underestimated this United job? Yes. I think he's underestimated the league. I, I, I don't, I think he's tried to implement his Ajax system straight into the Premier League. This is a physical league. This is a high intensity league. I, I love Ericsson. He's so many goals and assists for my club. I, I've never seen him play the number six role in a Spurs shirt. Never saw him play that role in a Denmark shirt. Never saw him play that role in a Brentford shirt. I don't understand why he's your deepest line midfielder. It's because we don't have one. I think, yeah, it, it, I think Ten Hag is just trying to make do with what he's got. But it's not just, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that for a fact. But when Ten Hag came into the team and, you know, yesterday's lineup, we had the starting 11 came from five different managers at Man United. Mm-hmm. The board, when they recruited Ten Hag, they promised him the funds would be available for the mm-hmm. transfers. Who have we? We had Ericsson on a free. We had Malasia coming in for like twenty million, and then we had uh, Martinez coming in for fifty million. Where are these funds that he was promised? Dion. Where are Dion? That is a whole different saga. Like I don't even <laughs> want to get into that because literally, like I'll go on for another hour. Yeah, I'll go on for another hour about that. But where's the funds that he's been promised? They've turned around now and said, oh, there has to be outgoings before there can be incomings. A lot of the outgoings we've had have been frees. But then United, if the rumours are true with the PSG stuff, who are Manchester United to turn down 70 million for Rashford? He's not worth 120. I can't lie. The only reason why I would assume they would turn down Rashford is simply uh, letting him go is simply because we would not have the time to find a replacement. And I know at the moment Rashford is not adding much value to the team, but we will be one person down in the 23 man squad. We're already sure. What that reminds me of is when you go through these rebuilds, right? And I'm going to use my own club as an example. When teams like Newcastle came to Arsenal and said 20 million for Holding, and then when PSG came and said 25 million for Bellerin, and these are players who are 
don't look like they're going to return to their their best. Bellerin after that ACL was poor. Twenty million for holding is an absolute steal. I feel like at this stage, United take it and run. I don't. You think... can get a good replacement for Marcus Rashford at this stage in the window. It doesn't, and I think United fans is unconscious, but you have this thing of names. It doesn't need to be a world beater. It can be someone that fits the profile that maybe you don't know. Like, but, you're going to have to go. will United be smart enough to find that player? United will do that. smart enough like Ralph, that. he made a loads of recommendations, but we don't listen. They we won't do listen it. to people that give us good recommendations. For for, for the, the whole Rashford thing, I personally think that it's his agency coming out with this news to get him a new deal. Because his contract's going to expire next summer and United got the option to extend it for an extra year to 2024. And because at this point, you know, when it's two a year or two before your contract expires, if you haven't sat down with... Bruno was getting a contract extension when he was here for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So maybe I don't think PSG have come out outright and they want to buy Rashford. Because personally, looking at him the past 12 months, you wouldn't... Why would you want to... Why, where would, why would you want to buy Rashford? Obviously, a lot of United fans are... I think they have this attachment to him because he's a Carrington kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an academy kid. I personally hope that he like makes that comeback from the shoulder injury. Um, but if and if I think if another club come knocking, United need to wake up and and smell the coffee. To be honest, and on the on the point of uh, Ragnik, Ragnik gave them advice. He said that they need at least ten signings in order to compete with top six. Not even to compete with the top two to compete with top six. We've had about nine people going out, maybe more than that, on loans and, mm-hmm. and transfers and on freeze. We've had three people coming in. There's about two weeks left of the window to end. And anyone that United go to now in the transfer window, they're going to slap 20 million on the price. They, if, if, I go, if they go now to sign, I don't know, uh, Dan Juma from Villarreal with a 40 million release clause, they're going to be like, yeah, nah, 60. You know, Anthony from Ajax had a good game today for Ajax. They quoted us 90 million. They're going to slap another 30 on top of that because United are desperate. We are desperate in this transfer window and they and they spent so much time on the whole Dion thing just for now Chelsea to come and try hijack it. It's, it's literally top down. It's top down. Oh my goodness. I think it goes back to United, and I, I felt this as a Spurs fan as well. When you make revenue-based decisions, you're not going to go and make the smart, smart non-big yeah. name because they're not going to sell the shirts. You're not going to sell Rashford because he's an academy player, and that's the ethos of being Manchester United. So th- I can see why the decisions are made because if you're protecting your brand, you're not going to buy these, you know, these small players. Maybe a Dan Juma, but because that's not big enough for Manchester. But United. not even like just like not even just Dan Juma. There were so many players that have been available over the past like four or five weeks in the transfer market and they ended up going elsewhere and United are targeting you know Icardi people that are household names people that you know they don't, they're not superstars mm-hmm. but they're players that you know when they could go and target players in you know Mathis Nunes in sport in Lisbon not mm-hmm. a lot of people know him people do know him but not a lot of people like he's not a household name but he's a player that would come in and immediately make our club better now sporting our arts in for 50 million for him. If United go, they'll probably ask for 70 million. So can like I, can I recommend something? You should get your owner to go uh, host a dinner. You think he's team of peas? Come outside and say wonderful food, like great meal, wonderful food. And then 
Does that get a signing? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> the Glazers, I think they've been to how many United games in the past six years? They've been to like three United games in the past six years. That's our like owners. And so many people tell United, stop complaining. Like we spent one, more, nearly one billion pound on pounds on transfers since uh, Fergie retired. I cannot name you one signing that was successful mm. from that one billion. We've had more than three 80 million signings. I cannot tell you one that has succeeded in the club. They are, they're using money. They're, pay, they're obviously <laughs> investing money through revenue generated sales, etc. But the recruitment is an issue there too. So a lot of people say, oh, you know, the Glazers, you know, your owners, they're investing money. But really and truly, it's, it's, the club is toxic from top to bottom. And yesterday's performance just showed it. Weak mentality. Every player on the pitch was like embarrassing. I felt bad because I feel like Malassia came on in the second half and he did a better job than Shaw. Scott McTominay, my guy was passing to the stewards. <laughs> he was part, he thought the stewards were our fullbacks because they were out of the pit. He literally, like there's so many players. Might be that like, kit to be fair. The, the kit, exactly. He was, he was confused by the kit. So the United problems, like when you looked at Liverpool when they were down bad, yeah. Liverpool were down bad and um, they had like not great players. Mm. But you look at our team and it's not that we have bad players, players but it's just, good. there's just they so, just can't play together. there's so many mm. issues. Like there's, there's just so many issues in the club and it's going to take, like, like I said, it's going to get worse before. It- a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Gets better. Yeah, all right. Let's move on to Arsenal. <laughs> Tell us how that went. <laughs> She's the only one happy today. Um, I have every reason to be happy for now. But we played well. A um, few mistakes, nothing too worrying, nothing frightening. Um, Gabriel Jesus, what a signing. Like, honestly, if Man City, if you have any more scraps that you don't want, we'll take them. Because Jesus has, I don't know if it's because Lacazette was that bad or is he actually that good that he um let me start here that defender that Chelsea are about to spend 80 million pound on he got (laughs) dog walks yesterday um by Martinelli absolutely dog walks I think he was lucky to stay on the pitch he could have easily had two yellows for all the fouls that he committed Nelly was fantastic our defense was okay Ramsdale eh. 
Um, yeah, good game. Every time we gave Leicester a bit of hope, we snatched it right back from them. We could have been 5-0 up in, in, in the first half if Jesus had taken all his chances, to be fair. Title charge. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you say that Jesus is the perfect Aubameyang replacement? I don't think Jesus is our Aubameyang replacement. I think Jesus is our Alexis Sanchez replacement. Uh, I don't think he... No, no, nothing about Jesus stylistically um, reminds me of Aubameyang. I think technically he's a bit more secure. He works across the line. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Aubameyang. I would definitely say um, Alexis. I don't think we've replaced Aubameyang. Title charge. Oh, Chelsea in a title charge. <laughs> We're two points behind you now, so... No. Two points behind. Two points behind. <laughs> the second two game. Games. Two games. <laughs> Team of that. <laughs> Do you, um, does Arsenal still need any more signings before the end of the window? Yeah, bring me Yuri Tielemans. Um, mm. I will take an upgrade on Xhaka. If you guys want Xhaka, you can come and buy him. You know, twenty million. We'll no, thank you. you. We have enough problems. <laughs> I, I felt like Xhaka is better than anything that United have. Um, yeah, no, I think we need another midfielder. I think if you look at Arsenal, especially when we're in the transition. Xhaka's just a bit too slow. It's like the technical level of our team as a whole has improved and he is sticking out like a sore thumb. In saying that though, he did have a really good game against Leicester. Did he not score? Yeah, yeah. he did. He, the thing is, he does have these good games and then... I swear it's, when, I swear it's when he's playing against someone who's been um, like rumoured to be replaced by. Yeah. Like, I've noticed it a few times. Yeah, he, he, he did have a very good game and Tielemans was very poor. But I think he's just trying to lower the fee to 20, 25. <laughs> so, yeah, bring me Yuri. And if we have money for another winger, I will take it. But I'm not fussed. But I think another midfielder is essential. Are you Arteta in or out? I'm still Arteta out. Still? Do you have yeah. high expectations for Arsenal this season? My expectation is Europa League and top four. Both. Not all. Both. And if we don't get it, we fail. What about one or the other? It's underwhelming. So I would be content, not happy. Mm. But why the Europa League, though? Wouldn't you be content with any trophy? We've, I'm tired of winning FA Cup. FA Cup. <laughs> okay, I sound ungrateful, yeah. But I've seen, what, three or four FA Cup finals since, since 2013. Arsenal don't have a European trophy to my memory. United and Chelsea. Or anyone's memory. Anyone's memory. <laughs> we have intertwined. <laughs> United and Chelsea have gone in this competition. They've won it. United made it to another final. They lost on penalties. Cool. Chelsea's gone there twice. They've managed to win twice. There's no reason to why Arsenal shouldn't win the Europa League or shouldn't aim to win the Europa League. We're one of the strongest teams in there, given what I've seen. So? Pardon? Do you think so? Yeah, we're definitely one of the strongest teams in there. Obviously, Jose and Roma, headache. But and then I don't know who's going to drop out of the Champions League. But as far as I'm concerned, right now we're one of the favourites for the Europa League. We got to a semi final the last time. We need to go all the way this time, especially with the changes that we've made. Like Arteta has had a lot of money to spend, more than Emery. Um, probably I want to say more than Wenger, of course, over the long term. But in the short period where mm -hmm. we went and bought, we were buying forty-two million pounds, fifteen million pounds. That was transfer records for us. Arteta's had the money so now i need the results or else it's just a waste but do you think you'll be able to maintain the consistency in the premier league 
whilst playing Europa League at the same time? Yes. How and so? The reason why I'm saying yes is because he's had all his signings. So even his fringe players are still his players. It's not like um, men are where it's four or five different managers. Well, for Arsenal, not the case. Three managers. The only Wenger player left in this team is Xhaka and Elneny, who he's clearly happy with, else he would have got rid of. Um, okay, and then he got the Emery signing in Pepe, who will only probably play Europa League and... Um, is he still Carabao a player? Club. Yeah, Pepe's still a player. <laughs> but everyone else that he's brought in, fringe or starters, they're his players that should understand his philosophy. So in both competitions, I need to see Arsenal competing on both fronts. Our squad is good enough to do so, in my opinion. Timo? Hello? Looks like you had something to say there. I was just like a bit relieved that we had finished talking about Arsenal. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you were literally backing them like t- 10 minutes ago. Yeah, because I think they're a good squad. I think the only thing I would say about them is if, if Jesus gets, or I like to call him Jesus, if Jesus gets injured... Mm, if Saka gets injured... I think Jesus is a bit more. Well, yeah, no, but I think a couple injuries away. I know you said I. I, I also agree the squad has improved, but the starting eleven is a couple mm-hmm. of injuries away from falling out of the top four race. That's with everyone starting eleven. Like you've named two of our most important players. I'm sure if I sat here and said if Kane and Son go down, Tottenham which is a possibility. <laughs> no, Kane mm. does go through periods where. In a season, he'll be out for like two months, at least two months. Yeah, which is why we usually spend the money son, on Richarlison. Yeah, because Richarlison can yeah, play that's up front. That's why we spent the money on Richarlison. So they do have a backup. Like, it's yeah, not the it's same. The, who's going to get the same quality? I think with everyone's squads, if three to four of your most important players mm. go down, even Man City, like Liverpool, we've mm-hmm. seen it. They can't cope. I think Arsenal can cope with a short-term Saka injury. The Jesus one, I'm not so sure because me personally, I'm still not sold on Eddie and Kea. But he has the number 14. He has a new contract. I have no choice but to back him. Mm. He's not going anywhere. Um, Yeah, we're uh, we're a man light in midfield. Everyone knows why. That, you know, so Mm. we need to bring in Tielemans. And if said player does get injured, then I think we go back to a two in midfield. And it's, we've got Odegaard, we've got Eleni, we've got Tielemans if we do sign him we've still got Xhaka and we still have Fabio Vieira to come in the sky and we have Sambi Lokonga there's mm. enough there to cope with injuries but if we're having four or five injuries to our best players of mm. course we won't be fine yeah. no one will Who, which competition would you like Arteta to prioritise in the running the Premier League or Europa both <laughs> I knew you were going to say that <laughs> I'm not budging on both if we win if we win the Europa League and we finish fifth I will be fuming well, you get to so you get Champions League, but you still get. Yeah, but it's it's not it's it's not a reward because if the Europa League didn't, the trophy us Champions is the League, reward. No, no, no. The, see, I feel like football fans these days. Yeah, we look at the Europa League um, as don't get me wrong, it's an accomplishment, but we look at it as a backdoor to the Champions League. If it was just Europa League for winning the Europa League six, and Arsenal missed out on the Champions League, given the money he's had, it's a failure. Some of us win the Europa League for fun, not for Champions League places. <laughs> but that's kind of that's kind of an argument, though. No, but I think that I think you shouldn't be angry at that because I think it's a European trophy that Arsenal have an experience. Congratulations! I want Champions League football. You're gonna get Champions yeah, League. but then if, if, you, if you won the Europa not League and finished fifth, result. In the for me, winning cups. We, we say to Tottenham, 
Top four is not a trophy. We say this all the time. So that's why I want both. <laughs> that's but why she wants me, a trophy and top four. <laughs> measuring your progress, you can only measure your progress by your league position. Mm. For me, cup competitions are completely different. You can be an excellent cup team and be absolutely shocking in the Premier League. Mm. So Arsenal missed out on top four by a point last season. This season, I need to see us in the top four. And whoever mm. finishes fifth, I want us to be at least six points clear of them. At least six at least six points yep. that's not happening that's not happening because it's going to be one of Chelsea's who are your top four Arsenal. predictions because yeah. you're saying it's Spurs it's City to win Liverpool second Chelsea third and then it's a shootout between the two North London clubs again in my opinion and you think you're going to finish six points above them I want us to I didn't say I think mm-hmm. I said I want us to that will show me progress mm-hmm. because last season we were good enough to finish in the top four mm. based on how we were playing. We just had a DM at striker and we had injuries, so there was nothing we could do. That's what they told me anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Marva and Everton. That defeat, mm. how did it go? Listen, I had a nice summer where <laughs> a nice break from Everton, a nice break from men's football, I got to see a team I was supporting win a trophy. I've never experienced that before. That was nice. <laughs> Shout out to England women because they did what Everton, Everton men have not been able to do in my 27 years of living. Um, so that was fun. And now we're back to it. Um, I'm not panicking just yet, to be honest. Like We know that our, our starting even our starting 11 yesterday was not what the starting 11 is going to be in two weeks. Um so obviously Calvert-Lewin out, we need to bring in a striker. We have to bring in either a striker and ideally another forward as well. Um, but I thought when Anana came on, he looked quite promising. Um, if we get the Gray signing over the line as well, that's going to strengthen our midfield. I think Awobi had a really good game again in centre midfield. So that's a good addition too, to know that like we've got actually options in midfield if we get all those signings over the line. Um but we just didn't wake up. Like we played our best football in the last six minutes of injury time. It's like you're not going to win a game when you do that. But like I said, like that's not our starting eleven for the rest of the season. So I feel like we're not panicking just yet. But equally, if we don't get something against Forest and then Brentford, those are two hard games. Yeah, I think those are quite difficult. They're hard, but yeah. But who else are you going to beat? You can't like. You can't start saying, oh, yeah, Forest is a hard mm. game because, all right, who else are you going to beat in this league then? You can't just rely on beating, like, United and Fulham. Um, you have to um, beat other teams as well. So. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, obviously, like, Everton beat United last year, isn't it? Like, we do all right against That's 4 0 one season as well. Yeah. yeah. I think he's sacked Lampard now, to be honest. Lampard is going to be the first manager to get sacked. <sighs> Mate, like, I'm not going to argue against it, but equally, I have... At, the reason I'm not panicking just yet is we genuinely have looked a more solid team in these two games than we did last year. Mm. Like, we are clearly playing with, a like, a plan now. Like, the five at the back... I've watched Everton for so many years, and every time we tried to play five at the back, it was it was just like disgusting to watch whereas like now it's five at the back with a clear plan the only difference is is with a five at the back you then need a center forwards that you can cross into and we don't have that right now Mm. but in terms of our stability in terms of what the direction is for the two sitting midfielders um in front of the back three there's an actual plan and then when we went into a 
three in midfield and made it four at the back, still clear plan. And I'm like, the improvement in that, even just from Lampard and what he's doing with the club, because I wasn't a big, like, get Lampard in at all. Like, he obviously didn't do that well at Chelsea. Um, or he did all right, but I'm like, it wasn't like, oh, this is, we had Ancelotti, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then also in a relegation battle, it was also like, is he going to be able to pull us out of it? Um, but, and then also when we had that like 5-0 loss to Spurs and just some like bad losses under Lampard when he first started, I was like, this is going to go badly. But to his credit, he has actually shown improvement as a manager as well. He's recognised where our faults are. And even in the signings, like, we've been similar to United and our our signings and our direction of the club have been so bad for so many years. This window, it started like that as well. Like when I was just saying we were linked with every Burnley player under the sun, I thought <laughs> this is going to go badly. Um, but then they've actually pinpointed like the, the exact positions and the exact things that we've been missing. Like to get in Tarkovsky and Cody, I know they're not like huge big name signings that you're like, this is exciting, but solid stable players know the league what we need leadership it's what we need in our back line especially with Mino who has ankles made of paper and um Godfrey obviously with a bad injury so that and then as much as McNeil hasn't got off to a great start but identifying a right winger because for so for years we haven't had someone who's actually comfortable coming off of the right and then identifying He's left-footed, but he's, like, happy to play on the right. Um, whereas, like, before when we had, like, Awobi playing up front, um, Gordon, Richarlison, they all prefer to come off the left. And then, yeah, and then identifying our centre mid as well. Our centre mids have, not since Barry left, have we had good, <laughs> solid centre mids. And so the fact that they were like, we're not just signing one centre mid, we're signing another, we're signing another, we're training up we've got still got Alan we still got Decore although he's gone off injured um and now Awobi as well so it's like they are actually identifying the problems that we have which is quite refreshing to see mm. if we get a center forward and a winger I think we'll be okay but don't Everton have some financial things to clear up for like, yeah but then we saw Richarlison and then um yeah that helped <laughs> that and then also just to stay in the league was massive because that was the biggest thing is if we were to get relegated it was gonna be bad but um yeah so we'll see also just players like Delph and stuff who went and Tosson who'd been stinking up the place and Delph. Um, yeah Delph. Delph. he's like all of them went like their contracts ended in it though oh. so just stuff like that like wages have been gone now so are you we'll confident see. that you won't be in the relegation? I don't want to think season? about it. I'm not there yet. I can't go for it again, honestly. <laughs> if we start going for it again, um, women's football, yeah, I'm just waiting for that to start up again because I can't do it again. But just on the, the, the balance of how we've actually started the season, I know it's two defeats and the only goal we've scored is an own goal from the player that should still be with us in Luca Dino, if it wasn't for Rafa Benitez. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm like, we still look more solid. We've seen some improvements. Anana looks exciting. The other signings, if we get them over the line, then I think we should be all right. But I just, I don't want to go through it again. Stress. <laughs> all right. I think we'll just go into the listeners' questions. I've got three here. I think I picked the best three. The first one is, does Man United have the worst squad and manager out of the top six? Yes. You didn't even hesitate with that one. Jesus. <laughs> 
squad, squad and manager. Squad, yeah. Ma- who's the worst manager in top six? It's just hard to judge Ten Hag. Yeah. 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 I can't judge, judge Ten Hag, but squad, yes. <laughs> I can't. Tima, can't who's the worst manager in the top six? She's going to say Arteta. Arteta, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Manager, no Make sure that the worst manager in the top six doesn't beat Tuchel again. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so we're saying that it's between Arteta and Ten Hag. I don't know Ten Hag. I can't yeah. judge him. Yeah. I think that's quite a hard question. To okay. But team, squads. Let's do that's squads. Squads, yeah. Squads, oh, yeah. Man, that's terrible. <laughs> on paper, United don't have the worst team. No. But on centre mid. On, on practicality. On paper, who has the worst team then? I don't think United have the so worst team. So who is it? Because on paper, if. You know, if you know, ability or injuries the or worst. just out of form doesn't come into it. We're talking about squad. Yeah, but on paper, who players. has the worst squad in the top six? On paper, this is hard because I would look. I would try and compare to Chelsea. Okay. No. I'm going to say Tottenham. I, would, I think maybe maybe Tottenham's front three saves them. Yeah. No, the squad. Or, yeah, I'm saying. It, it, I would say Spurs, but when I look at, you know, Kane and so on, when I look mm. at the other positions, I'm like, yeah, They're quite balanced Dyer, as well. Just... Davies, Sessegnon. No, no, no. The, so the only their front three is... On like... paper, is Tottenham. It's, it's a hard one. I think it's United. On paper? On paper. When you don't take into I'm account so things but, like, you but, know, form Okay, yeah, but even that, the rest, but the rest, other than Ronaldo, and I get what you're saying, like, Sancho, Rashford... But like centre mids, Ericsson, like Bruno Fernandes, these people who should be performing you know, in that United yeah. Champions League. Their back line though, goalkeeper back line and centre mids. I think De Gea should United, be better than he is. United, the drop off is so harsh that it's got to be Man United. <laughs> on paper? Not on paper, on paper. It's but then if you're looking at like from beginning of this season, United, we don't have the best squad up yeah. the top six. We're gonna say but I can't on comment form. on Ten Hag because I yeah, haven't, yeah, yeah, we yeah. haven't given him enough time. That's harsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, that's so we're just going to say United based off of form. Who would you say? What? The worst squad? Yeah. Spurs. Oh, Spurs. Yeah, she's going to say Spurs. And why are we aligning today? This is not... <laughs> <laughs> it's a common enemy, Join, join hey, Spurs. Spurs. <laughs> The next question, out of these two, Martinelli and Saka, who has more potential to be world class? That's a disaster. That a question for me. Yeah, I'm coming to you. Oh, God. Um, who has more potential to be world class? Mm. Can I say both? Or just no. 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 <laughs> Pick one um, and say why as well. Do you know what's crazy? I feel like it's changed. So when I first saw Martinelli for Arsenal mm. sign him, I thought it was him. Like, I thought... He was going to be our best youngster. He's by far our best youngster. And then he tailed off. And then I saw the transition with Saka from left back to left mid to left wing to right wing. I'm like, this guy can do a lot. <sighs> um, I'm going to go with Saka. I'm going to stick by Saka. Does everyone agree? No. I was going to say Martinelli because he's Brazilian. I was, yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah, I, I like them both. Yeah. Uh, I, but I have a soft spot for Saka. I don't think Saka will improve more in this Arsenal squad, whereas I feel Martinelli has another level to go. Mm-hmm. I think for me, for, to see Saka reach world class, he has to go to City or Liverpool. But he's improved every season since he started. I think it'll be interesting to see Saka outside of that, his London, com- um, London and Agreed. Arsenal comfort zone. Yeah. 
Um, I think, yeah, he could, he has a lot of potential, but I would like to see him outside of that. Not because I want Arsenal's downfall, which obviously I do, but I, it would just be quite interesting to see him in a City or a Liverpool. But I, I think, think... Do you know, I disagree. I think it depends. If it's City, then I'll definitely tip for Saka. If it's Liverpool, I'll tip for Martinelli. Interesting. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I agree. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think Klopp takes with Martinelli to scary levels. Mm. Yeah. And the last question is, in your opinion, who is to blame for United's shit show of the season so why, far? Why, why are people just asking about United? <laughs> you know, the thing is, there was more United questions. Just, I just had to pick two. I don't have anything for that answer. I feel like it's everyone. boring. It's the same. Like, everyone knows. The, everyone knows what the issue is. United the, is the Glazers. It's not going to change. It's, like, mm. it's them. It's, we've identified that it's the board, it's the recruitment, and it's the players' mentality. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a trickling effect. Like, it's from the top down. I thought it was also Paul Bobba. Let's be real, they're missing him. No midfielders. Listen, listen, Paul Pogba, yeah. Paul Pogba had the ability to take the ball from a deep line position and just elevate it to to, to our forwards precisely. I'm going to give it like about another maybe four or five games before people, you know, pundits start saying, Ericsson needs help. Bruno needs help. But when we were saying that for Pogba, nobody was listening. And instead, that did they continue like bashing him on on pundits? Uh, pundits continued bashing him. So yeah, the 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 shit show at United is a trickling effect. It's the Glazers, it's the board, it's the recruitment, it's the players, it's it's everything. It's everything. It's yeah. I'm not looking forward to this season at all because uh. <laughs> <laughs> one less co- competitor. We'll see. I, I think we're gonna finish sixth or something. I don't see. That I don't high. see us. That high. You know, you got Brighton and all them lot to worry about as well. <laughs> just say. Just saying. Just how Play it started. Liverpool next as well. Yeah, we're already losing that. There's no points. <laughs> like we move on to the game after that because there's just no hope there. I feel like maybe when Marshall comes, we oh. we might Ma- start to score at least. Doesn't mean we win because our defense is. Yeah. For us to start competing, we need signings. Like, yeah. if we come out of this window with only the three players that we've signed, we are not getting top four. Our top six is even a bit optimistic, okay. I'll say. <laughs> what are our most pressing areas that we need signings for? Oh, how much time do we have? Just a quick short I will say DM. I will say DM is our biggest issue. Um, you know, this De Jong saga has... It just it has to end. Like at this point, I just want them to get the government and you know the Spanish government involved just to <laughs> stop this. Just to so honestly bring it to an you, end. You know it's what, pissing but, me off. Do you know the Dion thing is? I actually want him to stay at Barcelona because I want to see Barcelona's downfall. I think the way they've treated him is yeah, yeah, it's just You can't be bringing in all of these players and then turning around to my man and saying. Well, no one's going to eat unless you unless you leave. Like, how does that even make any yeah, sense? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. He should stay and just make them and, and just make them. Um, no, but is that the best thing for him though? Yes, stay he wants to eighteen million pounds. He wants he to stay. Want to leave. Okay, but after like being disrespected yeah. in that manner, he don't but see he's it not as disrespected by his manager. He's still playing. He's still playing. Yeah, I don't. His manager likes him. It's a Xavi issue. I don't think it's personal. Xavi, then maybe Dion would want to leave, but I don't know. I feel like in a World Cup year footballers should do mm. what's best for them and staying at Barca doesn't really look like mm. what's But is De Jong being benched by anyone at for Netherlands? 
Yeah, he's still he's getting into that squad regardless. Yeah, regardless. yeah. Van, Van Hal likes him regardless. I think yeah. if he comes to United, Van Hal will bench him. <laughs> I think that's what will happen. But the the whole De Jong thing, like, it needs to end. So we need a DM. We need a winger. But he hasn't threatened um, De Jong if he does move to United, like what he done. No, with no, Timber. no, not with Timber because again, the what Dutch. He, he told Timber if he you go to Timber, if you go to United, you can you can forget about yeah. being in the World Cup. You ain't going to the World Cup, mate. You're not going to Qatar. Um, no, nah, he didn't do that. But I guess it's because they the Dutch team have. Defenders, you know they've they've got that um, ability in in their locker. I guess in terms of De Jong's position in the Netherlands, there's not too many people that would start over him. So we need a DM. Whether it's De Jong, whether you know uh, Ibrahim Singari just signed an extension with PSV, they could have got him for a 35 million release mm. clause. Onana that went to um, Everton, they could have got him 35 million. Onana's good, man. I remember he, yeah. he was good yesterday. He, really he, good. he, he, he made a really little error that led yeah. to a goal and he literally bounced back mm. and, and helped made, yeah, Everton. And even that was more like like both the goals we conceded were just about how we minute, defended yeah. in transition. Little errors. It's like you shouldn't just concede just because someone's lost the ball like at that point I'm in the pitch. So that like, was us, not just him. So the, so the, so the players like they're out there. So we need a DM. Yeah. We need a forward. I think should, you know um, with did, the did we need a striker. No, that's what I'm saying. We need a forward. But for me, what would be ideal is signing a striker that could play up top. Up top. Sorry, English ain't my first language, guys. <laughs> a player that can play up top, but also on the wing. Mm-hmm. So Gakpo that we've been linked so to. Yeah, Jesus. I would have taken Jesus at like United, but Edu had that in the works. For the past five five months, apparently. Ever sold to me, to mm. be fair. No, I don't mm. think so. I don't. They're not like 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 us where we let Tevez go go to City. Like, that would never happen. <laughs> but also, would City really see United as a threat to even? No, but that's the, that's, the, that's the, the, come on. That's what, our direct rivalry Manchester rivalry. Manchester, whether or not that's a big deal. Whether or not they put ten past us every season, yeah. that's a different <laughs> question. But we are their city like rivals so they definitely would never you know because he would strengthen our squad yeah, why would yeah, they yeah. want to strengthen our squad so we need a forward uh we need a right back um we need a backup we have a couple if you're interested and we don't want arsenal's leftovers <laughs> i'm sorry choice. beggars can't be choosers but I, I i we need we need quality no offense to who is we it need a bellerin's not an upgrade bellerin. Bellerin. Or whatever. Bellerin is not this bellerin after post acl bellerin Bellerin's going to be linking up with Paul Pogba at flipping like Paris Fashion Week and that. He's not going to be reporting for training. Like, <laughs> I respect Bellerin. I respect him for a lot of things that he says and does off the pitch, mm, but mm. like, we, we need to they stop moving away from like short-term signings. We have a couple as well. Uh, we, I do not want Xhaka, if you're trying to offer Xhaka. No, no, no. There's an Egyptian king called by the name of Muhammad <laughs> Listen, if my... <laughs> he's my Muslim brother, isn't it? I'm not even going to hate. Bring him to Old <laughs> I'm not even gonna hate on him. I'm not even gonna hate on him. I stick with him. I stick with him. But there's like, so we need a DM, we need a forward, we need a right back, we need a backup goalkeeper. That's basically we need a, a, yeah, that's a whole team. No, we, we actually need, need a replacement we need, goalkeeper. We need a replacement, but we also need, there's some guy, Yasin Bonu. I can't remember where he plays at United. Uh, he plays at Sevilla. United, we're targeting him. I'm not sure sure what's happening. It looks like Rabio is going to come in. But he, if, even if he's going to come in, we need to bring in another midfielder alongside him. Someone that is a long-term plan. And someone whose mother isn't crazy. Is, she, is he an upgrade? <laughs> is he an Fred? upgrade? I, 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 you know, it's, it's a bit harsh for Fred because Fred gets a lot of criticism when he plays with McTominay but like I said Fred is a decent squad player mm. if I'm playing mm. him in Europe he played badly yesterday I don't think without Fred McTominay. is the problem at Manchester United I think Fred is good enough 
to be there. Yeah, he's good as a squad player. He's good enough to be there. The problem is that Scottish guy that walks around with his collar up like he's a footballer. I've never met yet someone more arrogant. Like I thought Dean Henderson was arrogant. Today he showed me every reason why no, he's confident. He I think he's confident. I don't think he's arrogant. I like it. But though. today he showed, like, it's like he watched yesterday's game and he thought, yeah, like, let me show United what, what they're doing. He did uh, Michael let, Jordan. I took that personally. Exactly. <laughs> he took it personally. Um, Scott McTominay, for someone who plays midfield for his squad and can't even get to his na- into his national team uh, midfield, that's a question mm. to be raised. And like I said, Jose Mourinho, he won us trophies at United. But he brought McTominay into our squad, and I will never forgive him for that. <laughs> because it's like he, just never he came improved. in, and we just can't get rid of him. I, like, again, I think because we always, have to, we always have to play an academy player. We always have to have. We one. got Rashford. That's why you, like, that's why you went yeah, so but, Rashford. I think during the process of a rebuild, right, or when a team is in turmoil, if you can't look to your academy for one or two resolutions, you have a massive. Problem. But we can because you know we got Ghana. We've got. Um, uh, Savage, we've got the uh, Zidane Iqbal, like the players are there. We got forget even our academy, we got Van der Beek. We have Van der oh, yeah, like, we we I forget players. he exists yeah. all we the have time. Players on our bench no, that don't, don't, ten hog. They don't get the rotation. No, no manager rates him, and I really want to know why. I'm curious to know why, but you know what? You look at every player from that 2019 Ajax team. None of them have wowed at the clubs that they have went on to. It's because that Dutch league is different. Bergwijn has just Bergwijn's got a hat-trick today. And yeah, he's got a hat-trick today. The playing in the Dutch league is different. You can just, you know, an, a bang average player in the Premier League looks like world-class in, in that Dutch league. All eyes on Martinez in that case. <laughs> <laughs> also, does that, does that extend to managers as well? Who's Martinez oh, playing against next? Oh, Nunes. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I, I know it sounds I bad. I don't dying. think Martinez is is gonna start. And yeah. if he did, and he has played for Ajax at DM occasionally, I would rather see him yeah. at DM because he has True. he has the ability. He has some capabilities of a DM. He's aggressive. He has ball retention. He can win the ball back. He can distribute. He, he can push the Arsenal ball upfield. He should play at DM. I would rather him like we got. I would rather him playing at DM than playing at centre back. I don't know if the Liverpool game is the game to be experimenting with <laughs> no. Uh, no, but I think it, it, maybe it is because we're going to lose anyway. I'd anyway. rather see that than see Ericsson or McFred um, in that thing. But the thing is with McTominay, yeah, I respect him. There's two players in the United team that run around so much looking like they're doing something and yeah, they're doing nothing. McTominay and Bruno sold. Fernandes. They, that's why they always make it into... They run a lot. They cover yeah, a lot. But at pitch. least Bruno has contributed in previous seasons with goals and assists. Yeah, this drop-off is crazy as well. What's happened to him? I think United, once, once Ronaldo came in... That's like, just United. There's just no space for him. No, once Ronaldo came in, there's no space for him. Wait, wait, wait. Who said Bruno gets 25 goals? I said in the whole season he wasn't that far off though he wasn't that far off he's about as far no but but the thing is but like i said like ronaldo messed up the balance and that he he no longer takes penalties so that contributes yeah wild take whatever whatever i said what i said anyway thank you guys for listening to this episode really enjoyed it please make sure to follow us on all our socials and see you next time
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.